This episode of This Black Girl Podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a super easy app that allows you to create, record, and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer, distribute it so it can be heard across multiple listening platforms, allows you to make money with no minimum listenership, and have everything you need all in one place. Plus, it is absolutely free. So to get started today, just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I am somewhat rested. I'm relaxing. We're finally seeing the end of the quarantine tunnel, hopefully. I pray, I know. Thanks to the vaccine, I will say. Yeah. You know. I'm glad. I'm happy. You know, the numbers seem to be going down as well in Canada. So, so okay. Are you are you are you like pro vaccine or are you still like a little tinfoil on the head or a little bit conspiracy vaccine? I used to be a hundred percent conspiracy vaccine and didn't want to take it first uh-huh. um, until my workplace sent a letter around like that we need to get vaccinated or else. And my butt ran straight to the clinic, girl. I'm dying. I'm dying. You don't mess with my bag. That's one way to get me to do what the hell you want, okay? (laughs) Mess with my bag. I mean, okay. And I say this to anybody who's like, oh, I'm not sure about the vaccine. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I will will outline a few points. I'm not super pro-vaccine, but I can understand the signs behind it that... They didn't create this vaccine from scratch. People have been researching the flu for decades upon decades and like influenza and the cold and other strains of coronavirus because there are more than one. Mm -hmm. It's just when this one came to the forefront and became a pandemic, obviously the priority shifted to this one. Mm -hmm. So when people Mm -hmm. say like, oh, this came out of nowhere, it's like, eh, not really. And then my other... And then my second, my second thing is, and I will never forget, the minute Ebola virus stopped becoming a quote-unquote African disease and touched yep. the United States, I've never seen a cure so fast in my life. <laughs> so true. So damn true. Oh, okay, so that's all I have to say. When people want to find the solutions, they can't find the solutions. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of a conspiracy head because I believe there is a cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. We just can't afford it. Right. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because at the end of the day, the medical the care is still a business. Of course. Especially you know, in the so, US. Oh, especially in the US. Right. So it's like, um, you know, people profit off of what are you going to profit off of? One person being cured or one person being treated multiple times, how many times repeatedly until they die? To die in the end anyway, exactly. Right. Exactly. They, they, so. It's sad. It's sad. They'd rather, they'd rather pay for, you know, to, to deal with your symptoms instead of cure you. Because right. once you're cured, they, you know, they, they're out, right? So, 
sounds it sounds terrible. It sounds like those sketchy mechanics that fix your car for one problem, but then you have to come back because there's now a ne- another problem. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Like I'm just happy that we're getting a little bit of headway in Canada because it definitely leads with our leads into our topic of today, which is mental health. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, the mental health kind of stability or their life has has started rocking, you know, rocking the boat for a lot of people. A lot of, you know, helplines are getting a lot more calls. Um, I know um, in the I'm in the violence against women sector. I work in I know that a lot of um, shelters have received extra phone calls a lot, you know, either more calls and some have received a lot less calls, which is scary when you're getting less calls because it means, you know, women right. are scared at home, they're with their abuser and, you know, suffering, you know, mentally and suffering in silence at home um, because of these stay-at-home orders. You know, we're not like right. the states who are all out having spring break right now. Right. And the thing is, like, it's funny because on my, on my personal page, I put out like a just a little quick survey, just being like, "How is everyone?" And people would either respond be like, "I'm doing good," and some people would be like, "I'm less than great." And so then I asked, like, um, I essentially asked, like, "Well, what's going on?" Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be with you, but it could be people around you. And like the topics that popped up were, um, you know, people struggling with their kids, <laughs> and I was, right? And I was just like, honestly, you need to. When this is over, you need to hug, thank, buy a bottle for your ECA, ECE, teacher, professor, tutor, babysitter, you know? All of them. All of them. All of them. All of them. And then somebody else used the, mentioned a comment about, um, uh, ooh, what was it? I think it was homelessness because they had, yeah, they had another friend who was like, very um who was i don't want to say very at the risk but apparently they were like homeless they became homeless and they had to be bouncing around between shelters and the hotels that have now converted into shelters to have adequate spacing for like homeless people wow that's so sad it is is really really sad that is and like that's a reality too a lot of people are out of business and you know they don't have their jobs anymore or you know what I mean places are locked down small businesses are shutting down right. so that is a very real um, reality for a lot of people that's so sad well uh, and I think yeah the third point that somebody brought up was just like job loss and loss of income and mm. I was saying like honestly like I, I, I definitely feel that because as much as people want to say like CRB was great like it wasn't that great Mm-hmm. It wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds nice. Like, okay, yeah, you get $2,000 a month. But, like, when the average rent in Toronto, Canada, Toronto, Ontario, Canada is, like, 2300 Right. You're still in a, you're, you're still in a deficit. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. so it's, like, you, so in theory, it's, like, you're claiming you have to be a two-person household both claiming CERB in order to just stay afloat. Mm-hmm. That right. is true when you think about it that way because what is the average person making, right? Like, that's literally a thousand dollars, 500 bucks a week. That's all that is, like that's, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. crazy. And, 
And like a lot of people claim that, you know, your rent should be about what, like 30% of your, your income. Yeah. So it's like, if you're, if, if one is to assume, like, let's even drop it lower and say that the average rental area in Toronto is $2,000. If that's supposed to be one third of somebody's income, that means you should be earning on average at least like 6K. So what is a right. 2K? So what is 2K a month going to do for people? Exactly. Exactly. Like, That's and I don't cool. want to, like, I don't want to seem ungrateful, but like, mm-hmm. what is 2K a month going to do for somebody who can't pay their rent with that? And then at the end of the year, you're taxing them on that money. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize they were taxing it. You're right. Yeah. yeah. They taxed, I think they taxed maybe about the first 14, 12 or 14,000. And then afterwards, when they released the, the CRB, they took money out of the CRB. So instead of, um, instead of uh, $1,000 every two weeks, people were getting $900 every two weeks because that $100 was going towards taxes. Oh, I see. To help not yeah. screw people over, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because people yeah. were realizing that they were going they were going to get screwed over. Right, right. And the yeah. thing is, the reality is that CRB is only like money for people who, if you're living at home with your parents and they're not charging you rent, you know what I mean? Then I could see, right. okay, maybe someone could live off of that. But yeah, if you're literally using living hand to mouth and you have rent to pay, bills to pay, hydro, internet, cable, all that stuff, I can, I can imagine that being very tight like that. Yeah. I wouldn't be nearly enough, you know? And it's like, I know we kind of like brushed over the whole homelessness comment, but it's like, can you, it's already hard to be homeless in general, but can you imagine being facing homelessness and you have mental health issues and it's a pandemic where you can't really reach out to your normal everyday resources? Exactly. Everything's virtual. So if you don't have a phone or don't have a computer desktop, you know. Right. Libraries aren't, libraries weren't open during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So if you couldn't even afford a computer, you couldn't go to a public resource where you can use one for free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's It's really rough. rough. And like for me, honestly, I feel like God just saved me during this time. I had previously been working for a car dealership company Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name which one, but it was a group of dealerships and that job was very, I like, I liked my job at the time, but it became stressful. Okay. Right. It became very stressful. They became unreasonable. They, you know, just wanting you to work, 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 work. They don't care. You know, they just dump it on you. Mm-hmm. Very unreasonable. And I ended up leaving the job. And thinking mm-hmm. like, damn, this is the worst decision ever. You know, I should stay there. You know, there's a lot of potential to move up in the company. But I just knew I couldn't stay in a toxic environment. That's just not who I am, you know? So, mm-hmm. and one thing about us Black women and Black people in general, we're always told, you know, be strong. You're strong. It's okay. Just stay. You know, our families will tell us, encourage us to, you know, we're the strong right. ones. And that's one thing that I wanted to put spotlight on because it's not about being strong, you know? There is strength in admitting when, you know, something's too much, you know? It's yeah, okay to not be okay. vulnerable. 
Yes, there is so much strength in that. It takes strength to actually surrender to your feelings, you know? Another thing men need to realize, you know, it takes a strong man to cry, you know, to, 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 to you know, let go of that guard, put that guard down and cry right. and to just be the and to show that real emotion. And I feel like that's something that we need to enforce more. We need to not enforce, but you know, we need to popularize and, and make commonplace for people to be weak. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. It's okay to admit when you've made a mistake. You know, it's okay to admit when you accept yourself completely for yourself, it, it just mm-hmm. allows you to you know, live in a, in a freeness and in an area of, you know, inhibition that, you know, it's just a freedom that you'll, you've never seen before. Well, anyway, one, one thing I will add to that in terms of it's freeing to, you know, feel and admit certain things. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've learned, especially this year, it is mm-hmm. very freeing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I, I struggled with that a lot just like oh it's fine I can do it I can do it myself I don't need help I don't need this because like a lot of times people I've relied on mm-hmm. have, have um, a lot of people that I've relied on have let me down mm-hmm. 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 you know so it's like I've come to spend a lot of my time depending on myself and I've kind of relearned to be able to ask for help and not think that that's something weak about me Amen. I like that. And that's the reality of it too, right? That it goes back to that being strong all the time and always having to have everything under control. And, you know, and especially I just, just for black people, like I, I don't like the trope of the strong black woman all the time, you know, right. because a, a, it teaches us that we don't need help and B, it teaches other people and other races that okay, black people don't need help or black women don't need help. We're not vulnerable. We're not soft. We're not, you know, we're not in need of affection and love and certain care that other women would need when we're all the same. You know, we're all the same. We need just as much love, affection, care, tenderness as any other woman out there, you know? Indigenous women the same, you know, other people of color the same. Yeah. It's funny because it was a topic on TikTok once. I was a topic on TikTok once um, where where um, I think it was black women were starting this discussion about like the same trope of being that strong black woman and that it shouldn't be a topic that should be pushed and put on us as like a blanket narrative. Uh-huh. And then the video was stitched together with a white woman because I guess the angle that they were coming from was saying like, you know, this is a topic for Black women within the Black community, and we don't need outside, I guess, races talking on it. And so this white woman interjects into the video and is like, oh, well, what do you mean this isn't a conversation for all of us? I think everybody should be able to talk about this. But the one thing I don't understand is, why wouldn't you want to be described as strong? I thought that would be something. And then like the video cuts with like the black woman being like, this is why, this is exactly why you just said that you don't understand. Like you want to be part of the conversation, but you don't understand. 
Right, right. That's why we're saying, like, we're not trying to push people out, but there's no point in having you included in a conversation that you have no context for. Right, right, exactly. And I was like, (laughs) and it's funny because that reminds me of um, another, I kind of had like an Insta. One thing about me, I don't do back and forth online, okay? So if I post something and somebody gets mad about it, you know, I don't go back and forth and cuss people online. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have time for that shit. Feel free to hit on whatever you don't like about me. Thank you, baby. Bring more traffic to my page. I'm welcoming it. I welcome all of that smoke, okay? So one day I saw this video of this woman. She was getting like her hair done. She got like a, a wig glued down and all this stuff. And then, and at the time I was like, wow, you know, two beautiful women, but I can't wait for the day. I wait for a day where no black woman needs glue in order to do her hair, you know? Okay. And it was half a joke, half a true statement. So a lot of women liked it. And then some white woman goes on under my comment and was like, you know, that's so mean. Why would you write that? Da, 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 da. Oh my God. Like, why would you hate on what they're doing? La, la, la. And I was just like, like simmer down, you know, cause I, I don't usually do back and forth, but I had to tell her like, relax. The people who right. it was for understood what I meant when I said that, you know what I mean? It wasn't right. for you. She's like, well, please. And I just left her there. I just had to leave her there <laughs> in, in, in virtual abyss. Because boo-boo, oh. it wasn't for you. I already told you it was not for you. It's not meant for, you'll never understand. That but for so our viewers, like, girl, I, I, I couldn't. But for our viewers, I will explain it. I will explain it. Because right. all I was saying was, you know, the, the amount of work us Black women do for our hair I can't wait for a day where we all are just wearing our afros happy, whether it's a teeny weeny afro, whether it's a big afro, whether it's a small afro, whether we just came out of the shower, it was big and then it shrunk down wet afro. You know, I I dream of that world too. You know what I mean? Where we're just all chilling and we feel good with our natural hair because that's, that was just what that comment signified, but she would have never understood that. She saw it as me hating. Meanwhile, all I was saying was, you know, Anyway, I just thought it was really funny because I had to leave that lady in her virtual purgatory, okay? <laughs> yeah, because what, what killed me was, like, the fact that you said that this message was not for you. And she still had the audacity to be like, well, explain it then. And it's like, why? It's not for you. <laughs> right! Like, that, the, the caucasity. It was the caucasity. I was just like, what? 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 <laughs> Honestly, well then, please explain. I'm like, I'm like, how dare you try to but patronize me? You. Young lady? It's not for it's you. Not what are you even you. doing on this page? Like, get out of here! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's like, I feel weird because it's like I don't ever want to imply that like people can't share spaces because mm-hmm. I definitely think we can. However, I feel like when you are you know, especially invited into other cultures, other races, things that like, and it, it's an experience that you will never, ever experience, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I truly feel that like, there should be, there should be a level of um, 
not caution. disrespect, but not and not even caution. It's just kind of like, well, I guess maybe caution. Like you just kind of like, if you're in that space, occupy, observe, and if you have questions, ask appropriate questions later. Like right, no, right. Like right, nobody your friends. Yeah, like nobody's here to teach you. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this isn't a lesson for you. But if you happen to share the, and occupy the same space as somebody else that's like dramatically different from you, like try to take time to learn. Try to understand and, and just make it make sense for yourself. You understand? When right. I say make it make sense, literally bend your mind and think of how this could be not offensive. Because clearly I was showing that woman this is not an offensive comment at all. You know what I mean? Right. So bend your right. mind. And it's one thing when you take up a space, okay, and you're welcomed into a space, which is, I agree with that, you know, we all can share spaces, but don't be taking up crosses and and, and starting crusades where there were none, okay? Sit yeah. down, get your friggin' Wheaties out, whatever you want, want, eat your snack, get your popcorn out, watch the movie, enjoy the show. But don't be starting <laughs> crusades up in here, okay? Like yeah. that lady, I was like, girl, bye. Like, it's just too much. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an example of occupying spaces. So, one of my uh, really close friends, she is from Tanzania in West Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, her family is Indian, Tanzanian, and Cameroonian. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, Indian and African. And so, I was invited to attend a wedding out there. And mm-hmm. so I went, cause like, girl, that's an experience. Why not? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I went. And but the only thing was like, her family was Muslim. Mm-hmm. And at that, like, and at and like, I don't have a problem with Muslim people. I find them very nice, very you know, super polite, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, when I was there, I had to not necessarily do all the same Muslim acts that they would do, but mm-hmm. at least acknowledge and respect it. Like, if they cover their hair, I'm not going to go out with my hair exposed. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if, um, you know, if they tend to dress a little bit more modestly, I'm not going to be out with her walking next to her in bati shorts. Right, right. You know, and it's, and it's not like a, oh, well, I have to bend to their will kind of thing, but it's just a respect thing. Right. It's a show it's a respect. respect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm spending my time, occupying my time with my friend and her family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so I'm going to make them as comfortable as they are making me. Right. Right. And I, I don't know. I find like a lot of people tend to have issues with that a lot of times. Really? Eh? Well, just in the sense of like, especially when something's so dramatically different, like, for mm. example, like, like even just people not understanding like um, the the burqa and stuff, and you're hearing about how hijabs are being banned in France. Yeah, I heard in Quebec too. I heard Quebec that they were was, trying to do that the same was the thing. Stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like, so you can wear a hat, you can, and, and here's the fucked up part. If you wear a scarf on your head as like a decorative design, like you know how like the the typical French girl who has a scarf over her head, her 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 bangs are showing and she's smoking a cigarette or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's acceptable. But if you wear your hair, if you wear your scarf in a way that resembles a ver- uh, a hijab, wow. not appropriate. It's apparently not appropriate. I was so confused. <laughs> and it is confusing because people are scared of what they don't understand. That's all it is. But it's a fucking scarf. Like, what's the problem? And it's funny it's because choice, I, it's a choice of uh-huh. modesty, you know, where exactly. some girls may choose to wear long sleeves, long pants, you know, not necessarily wear bati riders. They just, you know, <laughs> their religion happens to take it a step further and they cover their hair. Right, right. You know? In some yep. cultures, a lot of cultures, hair is hair is a woman's beauty. Exactly, exactly. I just think it's funny because it's just a, it's, it goes back to just being afraid of what you don't know and what you don't understand. And yeah. I find that it also is it, that goes hand in hand with mental health. You know, right. so many people are scared of what they don't understand about mental health. Like if you've never gone through a mental health issue or a, any oh kind God. of yeah, or a crisis or anything like right. that. They're so, it's literally like talking to someone from another world, you know, like they, they don't understand it. People, you know, that's why there's so much stigma around mental health as well. Thankfully, I feel like nowadays it's starting to become more understood, but yeah. I feel like people who haven't experienced it still, you know, there, there is still a bit of stigma there. Oh yeah. There's struggles. Even, even cause like at one point I had, um, an occupation that involved me dealing with and interacting with a lot of elderly people. Mm-hmm. And um, even in that realm of seeing like, you know, people, seniors struggling with like dementia, um, other emotional mental health issues and seeing people that don't understand like, oh, well, why can't they just do this? Why can't you just do that? And it's like, no, there's a lot more to it <laughs> than mm-hmm. just, you know? For sure. Like, I, can't, a lot. I can't stand the people who say when somebody's struggling um, emotionally, mentally, whatever, to just, oh, just suck it up. Just deal with it. Yeah, I don't like that. I definitely can't stand that. And, it, like, and it's funny because for me, like, I've dealt with my own mental health struggles this year. Um, yeah brought on by COVID, brought on by just a lot, actually, just not even realizing that I was struggling, to be honest, from being a single mom of three boys at home, you know, trying to do my best alone, and not even realizing that some of my struggles that I thought was just, you know, struggle of life, you know, being a single mom, being this, were mental health. You know, it was mental health issues that I disguised thinking, no, this is normal. Everybody feels like this. Everybody's tired. All mothers are exhausted all the time. All mothers are irritated. You know, you think that it's just the day to day. So you suffer and you suffer and you suffer and you don't realize that there's something you can do to help yourself. There's, you know, like there's resources out there and this is not normal. You know, it's like, at what point do you realize this is not normal, you know? So for me, like when I finally got to a breaking point where I was like, I didn't even want to go to work anymore. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to deal with my kids. I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to friggin', you know, I was so stressed that I was like, I want all the stimulus to stop. I just want to relax. You know, I felt like I hadn't slept in 10 years, you know? Right. 
So that's when I realized, no, girl, like this isn't you. You're you're happy. You're bubbly. This is not you. Like to not want anything going on around me. When I'm 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 normally a social butterfly. I love you know being around my family and all that. So I went and got help. I took the steps and I said, you know what? If if I'm this stressed out and it's not helping anyone, and what hurt? What worse can getting help be? You know what I mean? Like yeah. so. I took those brave steps and I, I went and got help. I, I sought out resources and honestly, it's the best thing I ever did for myself. And I'm so happy I did because especially in the black community, we're always taught that, you know, we we're strong. Like I said, that same trope, but not only that, we're always taught there's some natural remedy and, um, you know, you can take care of it yourself and yeah. don't worry. Right. And I'm not even denouncing natural remedies because for sure, there's always a way of doing things. But I had already tried that route, you know, like there's another there's, you know, there's something to say about when you try. I'm not saying, you know, all natural stuff are are not good. No, I love that, you know, especially um, off of us having Jamesia on the holistic um, ways to look for healing. I'm deaf. I love that. But for me, when I, the, the natural paths I had tried were not working and my stress was just going up and up. You, you have to realize at some point it's best to try all the resources available to you instead of always, no, I'm not going to go to a doctor because, you know, I'm black and black people don't seek mental health. Black people don't go to psychiatrists. Black people don't go to therapists. We don't do therapy. We don't do we have to stop that. That has to end because more people are going to be hurting themselves instead of helping themselves. Isolated and isolated. The one thing that made me like very upset during the pandemic was just seeing the police respond to people of color Mm -hmm. who were in mental health crises, like crisis Mm -hmm. and crisis issues. Like there was one recently in Toronto, or I can't even say recently, it was last year in Toronto, where um, they allege, people allege that the police pushed a woman who was having a mental crisis issue off a balcony. Mm-hmm. And like, just hearing that story, I'm just like, why? Why? Like yeah. I've seen clips online of, in the States of police holding, uh, having an autistic man at gunpoint okay who's having like obviously is overstimulated obviously is scared doesn't know how to appropriately respond because he has fucking autism right and seeing his like social care worker run in front of gun police at gunpoint begging them like please this man has like he's autistic Please oh don't shoot him. God. Oh like, my God. Like thinking about it makes me emotional because it's like, yeah. Yeah. Ah, like what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It, like, that makes me want to cry. Like literally I got goosebumps. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Like it, and, and it shows that there's so much learning that trained personnel, especially gun wielding personnel, you need to know. You know what I mean? They, they need to be trained on mental health and how to recognize somebody who is autistic. Someone who is, you know, suffering from another disorder or has a syndrome or yeah, some type of... Have, 
manic episodes, depressive episodes, people who have suicidal ideations, like mm-hmm. it just and the, and the reality is the reality of the fact is the police are not prepared. They aren't prepared. That that's not their job. Right. And, and and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no I don't find any type of rebuttal in admitting that's beyond your pay grade, that's beyond your scope. So instead of my thing is, okay, well if that's the case and you're seeing that there's so many issues that the police are not equipped to deal with, there should be a separate division of personnel similar to the police but right. that are directly meant to deal with mental health. Exactly. You know? exactly. That isn't a, a 911 but it may be an 811 to like whatever, something like that that can help people who are in crisis or that somebody can call and have people dispatch who are in crisis. It shouldn't always be the police because they don't know how to handle a situation. They don't know how to handle black people. They're incredibly intimidated by black people. Right, right. And as much as they want to admit it, the woman on who was on the force in the United States who pulled a gun and, and shot a man who she claimed she was going to grab her taser, yet 23 years on the force and right. you forget when dealing with a black person, what which which side your taser's on? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. I feel like because, because black people don't discuss and have mental health issues so predominantly in our community as a conversation, do like yeah. other races assume that we don't have mental health issues either? Right. No, but that's the thing. And I, I honestly think that, that it's not the go-to, right? So when a criminal is black, the go-to is, oh, that's what black people do. When a criminal is not black, it's the background. Let's look into why. Let's examine his roots, his father. It's everything. It's every other reason under the sun why this non-black person committed this crime. But when they're black, it's it's as if because you know what I mean. They associate evil with black. You know, it's sickening. It's sickening. So that's why I think it's so important to bring mental health to the forefront of the conversation when speaking to black, um, speaking about, um, you know, black people and our culture and everything um, that has to do with our well-being. Because at the end of the day, we have suffered a lot of intergenerational trauma. That is why a lot of um, focus is even on black crime and this and that. Right. Right. Because of racism. Want to make it like we're we're a small percentage of the population, but any little thing we do is highlighted, right? Because of racism, right, amplified. It, it, it's exactly, it's amplified and it's exaggerated. It's made to be like that's just what black people are, you know. Especially in the media, the media is also controlled by non-black people, right? So we right. have to change the conversation. We have to change the narrative and really introduce mental health as a serious thing. I'll tell you right now as well on medication okay and i'm proud i'm happy i'm strong and i'm i'm happy to say it. i don't care you know what i mean it is what it is and people in my own life okay who have known me from before i was on my medication when i was depressed stressed out in that mode of thinking that this is what life is you know life is just hard on mothers the same people that were like telling me oh you know just just 
do something, do something about yourself, do accept yourself. Da, 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 da. Yeah, just fix up. Yeah, the same people telling me to just snap my fingers and just come out of this funk that they thought it was, are the same people that are now like. Oh my God, you know, get off that medication. You know, you're on medication, find a natural way. It's like, you can't please people no matter what. You cannot right. please people. You just have to focus on what's best for your mental health because at the end of the day, you are stuck with the person in the mirror, not them, you know? Sure. And that's why I'm happy I took my health into my own hands because it just really opened my eyes. Like people will have the most to say when it's not them and they're not oh, going yeah. through Experience. They are not going through your shoes. They don't deal with the stresses you deal with. The same people, they're not home with me all day with my three kids driving me crazy. They're not here all day hearing mom, 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 mom. They're not here having to clean up this house top to bottom to turn around and boom, it's back dirty. Right. You know what I mean? They're right. not the ones dealing with the regular stresses and trying to hold down a job, keep everything together, bills paid on time, you know, balancing the checkbook, groceries full, everything, dealing with teachers, virtual school, teachers calling, complaining, having to keep, you know, keep car note paid, everything. They're not the ones dealing with your struggle. People don't know what you're dealing with. All they know is what they see for the couple minutes on the outside or what they see on your social media, you know? So right. that's just something that a message I wanted to get out there. Like you need to take care of yourself and think of you and not think of society or your exactly your family right it's not about them you have to think of yourself and you're worth every single medication you're worth every single idea every single resource that is out there you are worth trying it to save yourself if you are in a, a situation that you cannot handle in your life amen girl preach amen yeah, I'm telling you i i mm -hmm. No, I was going to say just to add on to that, because like recently at the um, like, at, I guess at the push of like my boyfriend, because like he's done a lot of therapy mm -hmm. and a lot of self-work, which I'm, you know, super proud of him for and all of that. So I started seeing a therapist this year mm -hmm. because, or was it last year? I can't even keep track. But I started seeing a therapist and I made it a priority of at least mine that like, if I'm going to talk to this person about like things that are going on that I'm thinking about issues that I may be struggling with, stuff like that. Like I want to talk to somebody who understands and who may relate. Mm -hmm. So when I was, um, when I was picking or going through to get received, like I guess a therapist, I asked, I'm like, you know, I would love a black woman, <laughs> you right. know, mm -hmm. a, a, my priority was like, you know, my therapist would be black. Ideally, mm -hmm. my therapist would also be a female. Mm -hmm. And because of like, like the friends and family and people in my life, like I would want, um, at least an understanding or openness to queerness. Mm. Because, you know, a lot of my friends, mm. a lot of my overlap intersect into that world yeah and I, you know i want somebody that if i'm going to talk to them they're not going to turn around and try to do some kind of weird hoodoo and like you know yeah some exorcism on you yeah huh yeah and they're not going to try and do some exorcism on you if you talk about oh my god yeah yeah you can't be yeah, yeah so it's just like i want to i want to make sure that this person's in the scope and i've yeah. been talking to the most lovely person ever 
She oh. is my best friend in my head. Love her. She's wonderful. <laughs> and it's just nice. It's also nice to kind of have like, like definitely a safe space because that's where I feel like a lot of people struggle mm-hmm. in terms of like saying that they have issues but not knowing where to go or who to turn to. They're scared to talk to their own family because of judgment, persecution, whatever. Having this mm-hmm. therapist is like this personal little safe space where I know I can say whatever I want. It's not going back to my cousin, my my brother, my this, my that, nobody. Right. You know, this is just between me and her. This ain't going to be nobody's pillow talk at the end of the day. Right. right. And so mm-hmm. there is that kind of liberty and they can, you know, give you feedback, possibly suggestions, possibly advice i love that i love and that's so important and especially for men it's so important like kind of touching on your last week um you know last week's show or or a couple days ago men need that men really need that it goes hand in hand with preventing a lot of violence you know violence against women violence in general you know men need that because girls like we kind of naturally talk about our feelings you know because we're encouraged to do that we're women right we're, right. we're not we're just not you know in, uh, prohibited from doing that we're not ended for talking about our feelings our sons we tell them you know stop crying no 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 all this stuff when yeah. you know they need to talk about their feelings too they really do you know so safe spaces is so important like for me my safe space um to be honest, I make everything my safe space. Like my family's like, okay, TMI. I'm like, too bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I talk too much. Like my family is just like, please, this is please make this an unsafe space, please, please. <laughs> but in reality, though, you know, we all need that. We all do, especially men. And I try with my children because I have three young black boys who are going to grow up to be grown black men. My kids know right now I am a safe space for them. Like they'll ask me, mom, what are these? What is that? What is that? You know, that's a condom. That's. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I hate that I'm sharing this. <laughs> but my son went into my drawer. OK, my drawer that they have no is going in but because I also hide candy in this drawer they know to go in there to see sometimes if I hid some so but instead of a snack he whips out my vibrator and he's like mommy what's this I'm like that's my vagina massager he's like "Ah, is it clean (laughs) I'm like yes but you should wash your hands anyway (laughs) girl actually called it what it is my vagina massager I love it Yes, yes. I had to tell him because at first I was going to say my back massager, but I'm like, yeah. no, that ain't massaging my back. And it's, I also want him to know what it is so he knows don't go fucking touch that again. Like, he ain't never going in that drawer again in his life. <laughs> the weird eyeballs he gave me. <laughs> yup. I'm like, and then today, so my other son was in the room when he asked that. So my other son was dying. So today, my other son's like, <laughs> laughing at me mommy <laughs> why do you have a vagina massager I'm like because through it okay she <laughs> needs a little and then he just he just laughed he, he didn't know what the hell that meant but right. I should just tell him because there's three of you guys that's, that's all you need to know three kids okay <laughs> she needs a massage okay alright give her a break honest you're to god funny. you're too funny 
but like, but it's it's that truth and the bluntness that my kids yeah. know they're gonna get. That that's why they could come to me with anything, any day. Sure. You know, mommy, sure. what's this? Mommy, what's that? Because even if it's something gross, I'm telling you, because I'd rather you hear it from me than some random predator in the streets who's gonna bend your mind and tell you what they want you to think. You know? Yeah, and possibly groom you and all of this stuff. Right, right. Yeah. So right. I, I make it my point to tell my kids the truth. And, and in a kid-friendly-ish way, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. My kid right now, she's in this phase where I got her her first sports bra. Like, little... And it's not even, like, a sports bra. It's, like, one of the little, like, prop tank kind of mm-hmm. sports thing tops or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I told her what it was. But, like, now she's obsessed with anything and everything that has... has she likes to call boobies. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, she put on a vest today that, like, an undershirt that had, like, I guess, one of those built-in shelf bras. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a shelf bra. It was just extra um, double double padded at the chest for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Protection. It was, like, from fucking Old Navy. It wasn't even that deep. Yeah. She's like, my vest has a, has a boobies? Can I wear that vest with the boobies? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> everything's like, got boobies. Yeah. Everything's got boobies, right? And it's like, my child, God bless her. She's she's not even like convex. She concave, okay? <laughs> concave yep. as hell. She's, oh, yep. she's a kid. Like, of course she's not going to have right. no features, right? She's a baby, yeah. But like, God bless her when she does. Because if she's that like hyped right now about <laughs> Just like you know, stuff that covers explicitly her chest mm. when she actually has a chest to cover. Oh God! I know, right? Oh my gosh! This my girl's gonna have two mosquito bites, feeling like she's Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's gonna be so funny. She's so cute, though. I love it. I love it. It's so nice being a mom. That's one thing I can definitely say. But on that lovely note, lady, let's uh, wrap it up. You know, no glove, no love. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to I want to end with asking our audience the question like, um, have you had mental health and or emotional health challenges? And you know what? When we post this episode, I would like anybody and everybody who comes across it to try and drop a resource in the comments. Whether you tag them on Instagram or you just add like an email or whatever, tag a resource and so we each one can help one. Pay it forward. Yes. yes. That I love that. And um, if you have any experiences you want to share with us, let know, you know, well, we can share experiences on our next episode. We can read out, um, you know, experiences because one thing I was going to say too, it's hard on the families as well. You know, when someone is going through a mental health, sometimes yeah. families that are understanding of what their family member is going through, you know, it's hard for them. They, they try to advocate for their family and they advocate for these conditions too. And it's, it's a very real thing depending on how severe the mental health, um, you know, issue that we're talking about is. So if you guys have any experiences that you want to share and, you know, to, to, to kind of spread the awareness of a specific, um, you know, issue, feel free. Send us your stories and we'll share it. We'll help do our part, spread the awareness. 
Absolutely. But with that said, I am one half of your host, Ola Miss Lola, aka. And Lola. I am another. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm the other <laughs> half, Hilba. <laughs> and uh, we thank you so much for joining us. And um, catch us on our podcast on um, Anchor FM, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, on Overcast, on Spotify. Am I missing anything? On Google Podcasts and everything in between. Amen. So have a good day. Stay, you know, stay sane. Stay mentally strong as much as you can. But be weak if you need to, because that is strong too. And, and ask for help when you need it. Yes, because it's okay not to be okay. Bye.